0: Shalom, welcome to the Torah to Basora class for Shah Bihar. Tonight we will be in the fifth Aliyah of Bihar, which starts in Vayikra chapter 25, going verses 29 through 38. Our Basora portion tonight will be from Luke. So the writings of Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 22. So I'll do the opening bracha and we shall get started. Barukata ronai Elo henumena kalam Ashba karbonumikolamin Venatan lanu etorato Barukata ronai no tain hatora Amen And when a man sells a rent a residential house in a walled city its redemption may take place until the completion of the year of its sale its period of redemption shall be a full year but if it's not redeemed by the end of a complete year then that house which is in the city that has a wall shall remain permanently the property of the one who purchased it throughout his generations it will not leave his possession in the yovel But houses in open cities which do not have a wall surrounding them are to be considered as the field of the land. It may have redemption and shall leave the purchaser's possession in the yovel. And regarding the cities of the Leviim, the houses of their inherited cities shall forever have a right of redemption. And if one purchases from the levi'im, whether a house or an inherited city will leave the possession of the purchaser in the yovel. Because the houses of the cities of the levi'im are their inherited property amidst the children of Israel, and a field in the open areas of their cities cannot be sold because it is their eternal inheritance. If your brother becomes destitute and his hand falters beside you, you shall support him, whether a convert or a resident, so that he can live with you. You shall not take from him interest or increase, and you shall fear your God and let your brother live with you. You shall not give him your money with interest, nor shall you give your food with increase. Ani Adonai Elohekem, asher etkem, Eretz Mitzrayim, that's it, to give you the land of Canaan to be a God to you. So that is our fifth Aliyah, so now we will be going to the Besorah portion from, again, that is the writings of Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 through 22. Yeshua returned in the power of the Ruach to the Galil. First of all, that sounds a lot like Yeshua literally returning, like the final redemption. Okay, but I won't interrupt myself again. Okay, and now, and news about him went out through all the surrounding region. He taught in their synagogues, which is Shul. And everyone was praising him, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been raised, as was his custom, i.e. his hog. He went into the shul on Shabbat, and he made aliyah. When the scroll of the prophet Yeshayahu was handed to him, he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written. The Ruach Adonai is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the Besorat Hageula. The Besorah, the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor. He closed the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. All eyes in the shul were focused on him. Then he began to tell them today, Hayom, this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears. All were speaking well of him and marveling at the gracious words coming out of his mouth. And they were saying, isn't this Ben Yosef? Seriously, that's how we end. Okay, so real quick. Um, Yeshua is talking about exactly Parsha Bihar because it is the Yovel, the year of Adonai's favor. What does that mean Uh, other than, you know, everything returning back to its original owner? We have to look at who we are as Hashem's slaves. Like, we literally belong to Hashem. So sometimes we get bought out, so to speak, by sin, by exile, by um, just different uh, hardships and circumstances that come into our life. And so when we look at the Yovel, the, the year of the Lord's favor, that is like Absolute total release The only people who don't get released On a yovel Is nobody So like when Yeshua says This is fulfilled In your ears today He's letting everyone know that when it comes To the Basorah, It doesn't matter who you are Jew, non-Jew Because again we read that in our Parsha that you are to, to Help the Jew and the non-Jew alike uh, that Hashem is redeeming us. And the last thing I want to mention about the Besorah so far is the final verse, verse 22, where everyone is marveling at Ben Yosef. So that makes me think of a passage from the Tanakh. Um, see if I can find it here. Let's see. I know in Revelation it's written, Marvelous are your deeds, Adonai, Elohim, Almighty, just and true. But that's not the one I'm thinking of. Let's see, I think this is it. Yes, Tehillim one eighteen, verse twenty three. Adonai has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Literally talking about the the day of rejoicing, the previous verse says the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And so we're looking, ab- looking at the stone that was rejected. This is Ben Yosef. Shalom Aleichem. So seeing that they're marveling at him, they're pointing to the fact that Mashiach, Ben Yosef right here, as they're calling him, he is fitting the Hallel, basically. So that is one thing. And here's the verse I was looking for. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 6. This is what Adonai Zevaot says. It may seem marvelous to the remnant of this people at that time, but will it seem marvelous to me, declares Adonai. So there's this idea here that there's a, a stone that they're going to look to and call Grace, Grace. Chen, Chen. Zechariah 4 7. There we go. Now we're getting closer. Uh, what are you, mighty mountain, before? Midrash Shankuma, first of all, uses this verse. To say Mashiach is going to be greater than the patriarchs, more exalted than Moshe, and all sorts of other stuff. I'll see if I can find that in a second. But just so we know. uh, Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Or grace, grace As the Hebrew says in that verse This is why you gotta learn Hebrew So, Mashiach being full of grace It's not a Not something that was made up So Alright, so that's That's all I have right now Well, no it's not, I'm just kidding Uh, I wanna go back to the 5th Aliyah real quick In the 5th Aliyah You may notice this uh, Little phrase that says It's period of redemption, and it gives a specific timeline. So for the first one, it says uh, when a man sells his residential house in a walled city, he has a period of redemption that is a full year. So that means he has a year from the point of sale to the point of redemption so he can buy his land back in in a walled city within a year. If he waits more than a year to try to buy his stuff back, he ain't going to get it because he'll be violating Torah, which I think is interesting. The way to sin against Hashem is to try to buy back something that you're not supposed to buy back because you missed the redemption. So it's kind of interesting because you look at how not fulfilling the word of God is sin. And it's just like, yeah, I want to buy my house back. It's the second year. I know I was supposed to wait a year, but, you know. But anyway, um, in a walled city, because you look at how the whole Torah portion is talking about the Jubilee year, and it's just like, well, everything gets redeemed in the Jubilee year. But it's like, not if it's a house in a walled city. And listening to Rabbi Wolby on the Parsha podcast from Torch, which I think, again, is funny because we're Lapid and he's Torch. But uh, he was saying that uh, there is either a commentary from Rashi or Ramban, I can't remember, but he cited it and he said that why is this so? Why can you not redeem a house that is sold in a walled city and it doesn't even return back during the Yovel? It says, well, the walled cities are like border protection. And when you think about your uh, yeah, security, huh? So you mean they had a wall? Yeah, they had a wall. And
1: that was security.
0: That's right. Okay. Yeah. Just saying. Ish <laughs> <laughs> would like to present to the table, say la. <laughs> Wall city, protection, say la. Okay, so, uh, he was, so he continued by saying, when you don't... Change the the homeowners, the people who are taking residence there, they build up this camaraderie, this familiarity, this, uh, what do we call it, rapport, to where they can kind of learn the ins and outs, what works and what doesn't. So, when you have any kind of threat that comes in, you have people who know the territory. You have people who know the protocol. And so, the fact that these people are perpetually there and their land or their uh, ownership would never turn over. You have these people who are kind of locked in, you know, so they know what to do. So I thought that was interesting. And then when it comes to the, the Levites, they're a just a on a rotation like you can you can redeem at any point uh, Levitical uh, t- uh, territory. Which is funny because the Levites have no portion in the land, so it's just like whatever they do have, it can still be redeemed at any point. So that's cool. So that's like a overarching pass, and then this. Uh, oh, and then the fact that if you juxtapose, you can't redeem the the house of the walled cities after a year, but with other cities you have a period of redemption. It says. In verse 31, again, we're in the fifth Aliyah, it says, But houses in open cities, which do not have a wall surrounding them, are to be considered as the field of the land. It may have redemption and shall leave the purchaser possession in the Jubilee. So you can buy this land back and you at least have to wait two years before you do so. And so he was saying that because obviously there's not the level of stringency for protection and border and all that kind of stuff. So those are the things that I wanted to submit to the table right out of the gate, because that was kind of fresh in my mind. So if anybody has a tag, I'm going to do some knock, knock drops. Okay. Let's see what Rebbe Nachman has to say on the Parashah. Y'all tag in whenever you want. Do not feel like you're interrupting. <clears throat> Alright, so for Parashah Behar, he has about five pages. This is kind of nice Okay, because first of all Why Parsha Bihar, Why the Shabbat Why the Shemitah Why the Yobel This is actually to make tacoon for what we did in the garden Which I think is just Insane All of our Torah Mitzvot go back to what we did in the garden And they also go back to Hashem redeemed us from Egypt So First drop from Nachman is on twenty-five four. It says, but the seventh year will be a Shabbat of Shabbats for the land. So the land will actually take a Shabbat. So the land acts like a person. So could you imagine having a whole year of Shabbat, like every day is Shabbat for just a year?
2: Oh yeah. Did that applies just for the land. Just for the yeah, land. Not for land. Not. Yeah. yeah. The well,
1: because. If, if, if I remember correctly, the the land when we have a Shabbat, the land is not resting on Shabbat, mm-hmm. and so that whole year it has to rest is catching up all those other years that it, that it didn't get a Shabbat on Shabbat. That's you know? right. So it's like this is my Shabbat,
0: <laughs> <laughs> making up for lost time.
2: So people who don't work the land, they still like they do still, do still have, have things to do. The land's
0: still yeah.
1: working you, though, even on Shabbat, because. If you planted something, your harvest is on the land. Because Hashem has made it to the way that the land just, you know, you know, will provide food for you, for, for your cattle, you know?
0: Yeah, she's talking about on the Shabbat year, the oh, Shemitah, right?
2: Work. Well, as far as, like, as a person, do they... Yeah, what would the they do? Farmers wouldn't have to work because they couldn't plow the land or anything. Right. But as far as, like, so do they do another trade?
0: I would imagine um, because... Hmm.
1: Well... There's a whole thing about like I mean, it making it, um, like you'll produce enough, like whatever that last year's produce was, enough produce until to hold them over until they can harvest from the land again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Like so for
1: themselves to sell.
0: They technically wouldn't have any. They wouldn't need to do any farming work. So no. if they were having a shemitah year, they would be technically unemployed for that year, but everything is already covered. So anything that they would do trade-wise, I would imagine would be something else. You know, they might go and serve somewhere or teach teach tour classes, you know, or... Yeah. I don't see them doing the whole, well, I'm going on vacation and I'm going to get my yacht. And no,
2: I'm holding
0: you. <laughs> I don't see them doing that, but... Yeah, so that's interesting to think about. Yeah. So with the Shabbat year, Nachman says, after Adam ate from the tree, he was cursed to toil the land. So first of all, Rabbi Zusha, uh, cited by Rabbi Shavile Pincus, was saying that before eating from the tree, everything was on tap so to speak, for Adam and Haba. The angels were uh, straining their wine and treading the grapes and just having it readily dispensed for them. Uh, Food was just growing in bounty and abundance all around them. So all they needed to do was just walk up and pick whatever they wanted to eat and it was already ready to serve, ready to go. You
1: mean like the grass? Yeah. Like there's an angel for every
0: blade of glass? Like there's an angel for every blade of grass, yes. So that's how it was for food in general, food and drink. There was an angel going everything like, so you didn't have any kind of effort to exert to get it. What uh, the and then the other thing was, um, oh, the work that Adam had to do to tend the Garden of Hashem, his work was studying the Torah. So Hashem was like, show up to work today. Which means, study the Torah today. Today, live off of every word that proceeds out of my mouth. Because remember, the Torah, as we know it, did not exist at that time. It was, a, it was spiritual Torah. It was directly from Hashem himself. Because remember, Adam walked with Hashem in the cool of the day. And remember that the Torah is the name of Hashem, manifest. So, when you really look at what does that mean to study Torah before there was a, a giving of the Torah. That's like walking with Yeshua for three years, you know. So, but uh, I just wanted to bring that out because that, that kind of blew my mind to kind of think about it because you really now have to relook at what did the serpent do to really disrupt this environment? Because you, you go from, you're not even asking Hashem for anything, and it's already there, it's provided for you. You technically have no need to walk by faith because you're in it. You see everything, you have no need. Hashem has already done it all. So, now the serpent comes in though and trips us up. So it says, The mitzvah of Shemitah, which is the sabbatical year, rectifies Adam's sin by ceasing. Toil of the land The sabbatical year invokes The sanctity of Shabbat For just as we are Forbidden to work on Shabbat we are forbidden To work the land during Shemitah During the shabbatical year I, I can't say sabbatical That's, it's Weird shabbatical I like that word During the shabbatical year the produce Of Eretz Yisrael Is declared Hefker, which is fancy Hebrew for ownerless. And everyone is allowed to take what he wants from any field for his personal use. Mm -hmm. This rectifies the blemish of Adam, who sought to separate himself from the one God by defying his mitzvah. By observing the Shabbatical year, we declare our allegiance to the one God and his mitzvot. Moreover, we become one with our fellow Jews, seriously. And unity and friendship abound. All properly, all property becomes owner- ownerless and what and that we are all united. Lakute Halakote volume 8, page 62B through 63A.
1: Yeah. I had read that before about like, because you would think that since it's a, it's a Shemitah year, that you couldn't eat from the land or like partake of the land, but you could. Yeah. But you could, I, I don't, I forget what the halakha said, but I don't think you could take it with you. Like,
0: It'd be you pretty to, much like, uh, you
1: had to eat it in the field kind of thing.
0: Like the Talmudim of Mashiach, mm-hmm. when, they were, when they were quote unquote harvesting grain on the Shabbat.
1: Yeah. It was, but it was. Oh, in, it was interesting when I when I read that's it. I, I don't. I didn't know if I. I didn't realize.
0: So it's like a drive-through. Yeah, I was trying to a kosher drive-through.
1: Yeah, I was trying to figure out how how that would work. Like you, you walk up to the field and then eat like a grain of corn or whatever. And eat it there. It.
2: Or maybe it's was it or, or was it that they only took what they
1: could eat? Like I like think that's what it, I think that's what it is.
2: Like, like, like oh, like the like the
0: manna? Yeah. take only as much you need for your household.
2: It's not like. Stocking it away, but like, And yeah,
1: oh, people you
0: know, did that with that, the manna. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know, they couldn't... They couldn't stockpile it. Because it's like, if you store it, you violated Shemitah at that point. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: But... It's interesting we're having this conversation because, remember, if you really needed food, Hashem had already supplied you with the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth year's worth of food.
1: Yeah.
0: So anyone who's tempted to go out into an open field that's ownerless and stockpile the food, either you didn't do what you were supposed to do in the sixth year or you're taking somebody else's stuff.
1: Well, that's what I was getting ready to say because just on the taking somebody else's stuff because since it's ownerless, it doesn't belong to you, it doesn't belong to him, like, it doesn't really belong to anybody, but it, it sure enough doesn't belong to you. Like, so it's like, so if you start taking it and stockpiling it, you're technically stealing, because it doesn't belong to you. Like not that it's, because it's ownerless, it doesn't belong to anybody, obviously. But, wow. but the
0: specifically, but from
1: specifically yeah, from the person could that not you can pick from. It it, but you can't stockpile. Yeah. yeah. The person that's stockpiling it, it literally doesn't belong to him. Because
0: you got to think when you when you take something, and store it, you're insinuating that this is mine and please do not take it. Yeah. But at the same time, you just took in what was somebody else, belonged to somebody else, and you said, yes, I'm going to take it, though.
1: Yeah, you're going to take it, or, like, like you know, because I would think that the, the wow. person who's going to take it is, a, is I would think, is trying to sell it, you know? Wow. So now you're selling something that doesn't belong to you.
0: Wow. So, I'm just making a little note that what we just read from Nachman pretty much says if you observe the Shemitah year and do all of the, uh, do everything that it it entails, you've pretty much fulfilled the, the greatest commandment, the first and the second. Because he literally says that when you do this, when you do the Shemitah, you declare your allegiance to the one God and his mitzvot like Shema Yisrael uh, like you do all of that and then it says moreover we become one with our fellow Jews in unity like love your neighbor as you love yourself mm-hmm. so the two oh, greatest God, commandments really yeah
1: this is Talking about like the the uh, the field when you observe it. Yeah. It says the land will will give, and you will dwell securely, and you will eat to satisfaction. It Says.
0: Dwell securely.
1: Yeah. Well, it says. Wow. This is Rashi. Rashi's uh, I think he's adding to this. Okay. Dwell securely, that you will have no worry of a year of drought and you will eat to satisfaction. Even within the innards, there will be a blessing in it, i.e., one will feel satisfied after having eaten a small quantity. So the Lamb gives fruit, which implies that there will be enough food. You will eat to satisfaction, therefore it does not refer to the quantity of food that will grow. Rather, it refers to the effect the food has after it is eaten. It, It is food that brings satisfaction.
0: So, like if you ate an olive sized portion? Yeah. Just enough to say the rear cut? Yeah. That's legit. Rashi on what?
1: Rashi on 19,
0: verse 19, which was, which was a footnote too. So I read this little thing and then that. Six. You read what
1: again? This. That yes. was 19. And then six, okay. Still learn how to open
0: it i think I know how to do that we started the uh after podcast last night i was like i don't know what's happening my phone's not working and i was like oh never mind user error and hasis literally had a story time titled user error Shomer man don't know how to use technology Something wrong with that Alright Let's get Kabbalistic Okay so Here we go So same verse about the seventh year uh, And then it says It's a Shabbat to Hashem you should sanctify the 50th year. Shabbat represents the Keter. So this is the highest of the Sephirot. It's literally not counted as one no, of the 10. Yeah, yeah. So it's in it, but not of it. Yeah. Okay. So then it says, and by the way, Mashiach, everything Mashiach does, it flows from Keter. This is outside of time. This is outside of space. The Mashiach book, the who, what, when, where, how, why, all that does a a drop about this saying that the reason Mashiach's uh, death can make atonement for past, present, future, and yet to be like, well, yeah, past, present, future. His death can bring that atonement on that level because he flows from Keter. So if you think about Keter, it's like. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's up there. Like, you can't even... Like, whatever you do in Keter, it can be done at any point. So, knowing that Mashiach was slain before the foundations... So, that means... Yeah, Thanos snapped. (laughs) Nice. So, it's like, that means... Since he was offered before the foundation... When time starts to exist... Wherever in that timeline Mashiach was technically offered... It doesn't matter. It's past, present, and future all at one time. Because he's, he's already offered in Keter. So, that, yeah. So I think, uh, like, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an example. Like in the Avengers Endgame movie, they did the time travel thing via the quantum realm. So when they went back in the past, if they did something differently, it did not affect the future. So they can go technically time travel at any point, do whatever they need to do, get out, and come back to their present timeline, and they can continue on from there. So when you really look at that, that's a, that's a small reflection, a terrible example, but I think that's the closest I can get in my movie mind of what Keter is. Well,
1: if I can borrow another movie to think about it. Bring it on. Have you ever seen the movie Inception? Yes. Okay, so instead of applying it this idea to dreams, you apply it to time and it's literally what they, ha- when they built that dream world, or you could say time world, Yeah. they literally had a funnel that went through all parts of the dreams or in this case, time. Yeah. And literally they could like pop in at any, any point of the dream or time. Right. And 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 be there in that specific moment you
0: know wow it, cause they're outside of it yeah, so they it can just enter in and come out yeah, it's and like it's a, as if it's
1: or, or like a building like say if you had a, a building full of time time <laughs> zones I guess yeah and then you're on the elevator going through the different times but wow. you can go through all the times because you're on the elevator
0: wow and it's like you can be the same age whether it's centuries ago or whether it's today, or whether it's centuries in the future, because you're just traveling through time outside of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yep, that just happened. Okay, so uh, Shabbat represents this. So this is Shabbat. Shabbat has that ability. So when Mashiach says, I'm the Lord of Shabbat, think about that. All that we just explained, Mashiach is Lord of that. He's the ruler over that. Okay. So now it says the Shabbatical year and the Yovel years, the Shemitah and the Jubilee, they are called Shabbat because they too reveal divine will. The fields are considered as Hefker, which is ownerless, During the Shabbatical and Jubilee years, because the divine will mandates that everyone receive his needs and no one has any objection to sharing with others. You know, this makes me think about parenting, like when my parents did things to me and my siblings as kids. Hey, look, I bought all these toys. I own all of them. So if y'all ain't sharing, I'm taking all of them. You know, and it's just like, but this is my toy. It's like, but I bought it for you. Like, so you will share with your sisters. Okay. You know, so Shem is like this. All of this creation belongs to me. So just because I technically gave you this portion of land, it doesn't belong to you. So when it's time for you to share, you share, you know, so. Then it says. uh, So we're supposed to share. Similarly, any work in the fields is forbidden, and slaves are set free during the Yovel, because divine will rejects all types of servitude and subjugation. So Galatians five says it is for freedom that Mashiach set us free. Mm-hmm. So that's is from Lakute Halakot, volume eight, page one ninety a. Quick thing, because I feel like you just read something that was probably share-worthy. Did you want to share what you just read?
1: No, I, I was just thinking about the, uh, the Omer. Oh. Uh-huh. And how the, the Omer is literally like a yellow veil in itself. Ooh. Because you count 49 days and then the 50th, obviously. And that's kind of the same thing with the
0: yeah. Be bell. Wow. Because the 50th day is like Omer word. <laughs> like yeah. It's sheva- oh. So I, I was
1: just, I was just trying to think
0: of how that how that's connects. Ruchim. So uh, what I was gonna say to this is another thing Rabbi Wolbe brought down in his podcast. It's fresh in my mind because I just heard it today. So I normally wouldn't be sharing all of his drops, but. He was saying that there is a 10-day animated, so to speak, suspension period on this Jubilee year because, remember, the Jubilee doesn't technically start until after Yom Kippur. Because you sound the shofar on the 10th day of the month, and then that begins the the Jubilee year, the Yovel. Yeah, and so... He was saying, so the questions in the commentaries ask, what was going on for the slaves? What was going on for the land during these 10 days? Because here you are, you have 10 days until the Jubilee starts. And it says these days were filled with feasting, joy and gladness. So it's like Purim, Sukkot and like whatever other holiday that is like turned up. And you do that for 10 days because no one's technically free, but no one's a slave and no one's returned home yet. But everyone's left their servitude. And so uh, he was relating it back to how in Egypt, this is the this was the disposition of the Jews during that final year of the plagues. That during the plagues, the Jews were no longer enslaved to Egypt but they were still in Egypt. And so it was just kind of like, so that's kind of what those 10 days look like. So I thought that was something pretty cool to think about because that's what we're headed towards as we as the final redemption gets closer and closer. May it be soon. I oh, mean. But uh, you have this idea where we'll be free from this way of life, but the olam Habad days of mashiach kind of time hasn't yet truly began so there will kind of be a little transition point so all right chapter 25 verse 15 from Nachman. You should buy from your fellow Jew according to the number of years after the Jubilee year. He should sell to you according to the number of years of the crop. Okay, so you should buy from your fellow Jew. One should endeavor to attach himself to righteous and honest people and conduct uh, his affairs with them alone. This applies even or especially to business dealings. They should be conducted solely with honest people. Lakute Halakot, Volume 1, page 251A. And it's like, here at Sarshalom and Lapid, we have kind of that ability, because a lot of people who own their businesses, you know, we can know that we're buying from honest, upright people, you know, who follow Mashiach, so surrounding ourselves with these type of people and attaching ourselves to them is something we have the opportunity to do. <clears throat> All right. This is Got one? Yeah.
1: Hit it. Bell. This year distinct from other years through the giving of a name to it alone. And what is its name? Yovel is its name, on account of blowing the shofar. Yovel means ram's horn. is related to the Arabic word for ram, yuvla, Rashi to Exodus 19.13, and also Targum Agos. The Rashi disagrees with both Ibn Ezra, who understands Yovel to mean sent out, and Ramban, Nachmanides, who understands the term to mean freedom of movement? Huh? According to them, the, the word refers to the setting free of the servants.
0: So when Yeshua says, i come to proclaim this to you,"
1: yeah, and you shall proclaim freedom.
0: So sending out, because you know, he sent out his talmudim. And, it, and you said it was, uh, it means ram's horn?
1: That's what Rashi says it means. Because it's related to the Arabic word for ram, which is yuvla. Wow. And Akhiles agrees with him there. Too.
0: Oh, snap. Because Mashiach is the ram that was sacrificed in place of Yisak. Okay. And the ram has two horns, and it said that the, the redemption is going to happen in two stages. So the, the smaller horn gets blown first, which is like a Ben Yosef, and then the bigger horn will be sounded at the end, the final redemption, which is the Ben David. So looking at the two Mashiachs as the two horns of the ram. One sent for your nation and the other
1: set for your land.
0: Ooh which, by the way, is Nissan versus uh, Tishrei for redemption. So there was a Haggadah I was reading that was talking about how if the redemption happens in Nissan, yeah. it's salvation for the Jews. And if the redemption happens in Tishrei, Tishrei it's salvation for the world. So, and we know which one already happened. So... <laughs> Alright, so a little divine spark drop here uh, from 25:23 says, The land must not be sold in perpetuity for the land belongs to me and you are foreigners and residents with me. You are, yeah, literally. Gerim vetoshavim, And literally it says, Imadi, which is with me, yeah. So it says, The sparks of holiness found in all things in the world, are elevated through emuna. So if we want to gather in the divine sparks, the first step is our Emunah. What's our Emunah in this situation? So then it says, through our faithful transactions and our dealings, the Holy Land too contains sparks that are elevated through emuna, And... The land itself represents Amuna. As and dwell in the land and nurture Amunah. Tehalim 373.
1: So you're wait
0: thirty-seven
1: 3? Yeah, 37.3 But just tag real quick. So you're made of Imuna. Yes. Because you're made from
0: You're made from the land. The
1: land. Okay. Yeah. I just thought that was cool. Wait, can you explain that again? Because he said, he said, I'm, I'm going to try to quote you, but okay. I think I, I'll back
0: you up. Is, Come on. Is, That's
1: is what I heard you say. That, <laughs> that to, uh, to do any mitzvah, you have to have imuna, but the land itself is derived from imuna because it itself is imuna. Is that what you said?
0: Okay. So everything but the, the next to last thing was absolutely on point. Because okay. first of all, you said in order to do a mitzvah, you have to have a Muna. You know, there's this whole thing of like Jews work for their salvation and all that kind of stuff. Well, remember, salvation comes by a Muna. You know. So the fact that you're doing a mitzvah indicates you've already been saved. Just want to point out that's how you open the floor. So the the part is the, the land too contains the sparks that are elevated through Emuna and the land itself represents Emuna. So
1: sustained and his with Emuna.
0: Mean, yes.
1: Sustained by
0: So like in other words to extract the holy sparks that are Buried in the land, you have to have a Muna. The land is a Muna. So you have a Muna here for taking out of a Muna. So how you get to the divine sparks that are inside of the faith, you have to do it by faith. You have to withdraw from faith. Yes. You have to withdraw from faith <laughs> yes. by faith. It's like, a, it's complete a loop here. Yeah. So if you've ever seen like circuitry, you have to have the, the whole thing go through the positive charge and connect the negative, or positive charge, connect the negative charge, make a full loop. So you have a Muna here with like who we are. And then you have a MUNA with the task that you're engaging in. So in order to complete the loop, whatever this task is, you have to do it by a MUNA. And by doing the amuna, you receive amuna. Okay. okay. That so makes that makes more sense.
2: Like you have faith, or you have amuna in what you're doing. Yes. And then with that, you.
0: You receive, receive amuna.
2: So like, you have amuna that, and relating that to gathering
0: in divine sparks. sparks. Yeah, because look at look at how there are souls out there. That are yearning for Lapid. Just point blank. I'm just gonna put it out there because that's true. And I mean, it's, it's crazy. And Rabbi kind of on the Aliyah today, he was just kind of like, What? I mean, really? Like, Lapid, we could bring in the final redemption? It's like, Yeah, we can. Because where those divine sparks are, they're hidden in the Amuna that it's gonna take for us to go get them. The Amunah that it's going to take for us living to draw them in. So if you kind of see it like that, that's a little bit, hopefully a less chunky way to to kind of digest it. So in order for us to go get divine sparks, if we're not living faithful to Hashem, first of all, we're not going to be able to like attract them because they're going to be like, what kind of life are you living you know, you and I are on the same path as, as far as I'm concerned. So why do I need Lapid? You know, and it's like, no, we live by Amuna. So this is what Lapid is. We're Amuna. And they're kind of like, oh, okay, what's Amuna? Like, I want some of that. Because apparently I don't have any right now. You know, but then as we're living in Amuna, we're out and about in the world daily doing our transactions and dealings, as this says. So we're going to work. We're shopping kosher. We're, you know, with our friends, we're keeping the Shabbat, you know, all these kinds of things. And that in and of itself is a Muna. Mm-hmm. So now you're in a Muna, doing a Muna, and now that's going to extract the divine sparks. So
2: Torah is a Muna?
0: Yes. Sorry.
2: So if you don't have a Muna and you're
0: keeping Torah, you're not keeping Torah. You're not keeping Torah. <laughs> Which is, I think, uh, well, I don't think, I'm pretty sure that that's what Shaul was getting at about those of you who are under the law. Because if you think about it, there's not a way to be under the law unless you have just completely missed it. Because the law is spiritual, first of all. So that means you're below spiritual understanding. So you're taking, you're taking high and lofty ideals, thoughts, uh, vocalizations of Hashem... And you're bringing them down to their most mundane level. And you've disconnected spiritually from it. So now you're operating on this very, like, not spiritual plane. And you're like, yeah, because Hashem says don't eat pork. It's just like, okay, so you cannot eat pork, but not be eating kosher. Because why do you eat kosher? Because you have emunah in Hashem. But if you say I eat kosher... And you don't have a moon and a shem, you're just abstaining from eating pork. That's not fulfilling Torah. Yeah. You know.
2: Isn't that in? I'm gonna look that up because there's like, um, Like, it's the faith of that works is dead, but also yeah, the, yeah.
0: So that's Yaakov 2.14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has emunah but does not have any works? Yeah. yeah. And then what's the other one you're thinking about? I need to think about
2: it. I'm gonna, okay.
1: Man, if you think about yeah. what, what you just said, though, about, like, you got to have emunah to... Do the transaction of the mitzvah, and then the mitzvah itself returns to you, Imunah. You're like withdrawing from the Imunah, right? But it's like. That's crazy. But it's like, if, if you say, okay, so if you say you have imuna, it's like to you're like, okay, I got all this. This is my imuna, And you never. And you uh, never but you
0: don't you do never, anything. You never
1: get a chance to, to receive. You know, oh. like. Wow. Like you're just saying I have Imuna and I'm not gonna invest in anything with it because this is what I got already. But you're not but the, the takeaway from that is that you're not gonna get more Imuna.
0: You'll be right where you are. Yeah, You'll you level just, out. Yeah. You'll be the Dead Sea. Full of water with no life. Wow. Okay. It's like that, huh? I have a tag. Okay. <laughs> well, after you take time out, you can, you can do your tag. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it says, abide in the land and be nourished by your faith. It says, alternatively, shepherd shepherd others with teachings of faith. Is how the verse could be written. Wherever you dwell, be a shepherd of faith. Teach the masses to serve God, as Abraham did. The verse thus speaks of how the three primary components of a person, the heart, the hand, and the mouth, are utilized in the service of God. The heart should trust in God wholeheartedly. The hand should do what is virtuous, give charity, and fulfill the principle. With the mouth, one should shepherd others in faith teaching the masses to serve God
0: Mm, mm,
1: mm. and it says alternatively nourish your faith the Talmud states that all Jews are believers, children of believers, Shabbat 97a however this inherited belief in God's existence does not necessarily trickle down to our behavior as the Talmud observes a thief will pray to God for success before he enters his tunnel to steal we must internalize and tend to our faith for it to translate into action. This responsibility is placed on the leaders of the nation. The Zohar thus calls Moshe a shepherd of faith. Through his teachings and by his examples, he shepherds our elusive faith, nourishing and cultivating it to be a relevant force in our lives.
0: The faithful shepherd? Really?
1: Zohar 2 170.
0: How you doing over there?
2: Um. Well, I, didn't, I lost my train of thought of what I was looking for, but I can read this. This is
0: pretty cool. Cool. Bring it. Come on. It
2: says, "But someone will say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, and do well. Even the demons believe and tremble do you. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead?"
0: So what you're reading Yaakov chapter two?
2: Yeah. But what we, verses that was eighteen through twenty four.
0: Eighteen through
2: twenty
0: four. Yaakov two, eighteen through twenty four.
2: Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. You got more commentary? Well, I do but my I'm trying to gather. Get it all. Yeah, I don't know. So Um but in the from what, what you were saying, Shlomo, I don't know, you see you have a sitter there. In the beginning prayers, <laughs> Yes.
0: The one right after the Modani I think. It talks about and let the Torah be
1: my faith and No, not
0: yeah. in the not in uh, the uh, unspiritual the oh, wait,
1: wait. <laughs> Not in the Mensador. Yeah, we say. ain't
0: spiritual uh, like that. I've seen
1: what's in the awesome <laughs> door. Y'all, y'all Y'all wake up. Y'all wake up. No, y'all, y'all 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 literally wake up and already clinging like, <laughs> like seriously, like the first like page and a half is all about like clinging to the shit oh my gosh, gosh. Well, I that ain't even fair it. It really is. like yeah. like cause, cause your mom was asking me like hey how do you say all this in Hebrew I'm like oh yeah I know how to say wait I don't know how to say all that in Hebrew <laughs> <laughs> like, what that? like I ain't never see I ain't
0: never oh before. wow but it's in there it talks
2: about how the ah uh, man let the, the Torah, the
0: Torah be, be your faith
2: yeah let the Torah
1: be my faith and how about God. you read
0: it to us or she don't have don't a woman's to up here. I can go see if... Yeah, you you can totally can... take time to go get that. We will make space for that. Okay. Right. That's... It is ridiculous, though. It's man. Like, it's legit. You can't just be, like, talking about the women's to and just, no. like, not talk about it. You know, <laughs> like... Okay, so side note, if that, like, really? That's how the women wake up.
1: Yeah, it's legit. Like, it's... it's like you know how we say uh, we say the mode day I need, and then we go right into from that to like Torah you know, study, putting on the ZT, the Torah <laughs> study, like, yeah, rabbit to fill in, and then like saying all those, yeah, so physically attaching yeah, ourselves to it. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we're physically doing it. Like they're already so attached that they're just like professing it out loud, and like that's really. They're
0: just they're they're that's stating that, the a whole
1: page of like mode. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, ours is in that one little paragraph.
0: <laughs> They're pretty much just like reading the receipt, basically. Because the transaction's already been made. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Side note Judaism does not suppress women. Just read the women's seducer. Like, we're about to.
2: Rachel?
0: I'm handing the mic over. Okay. That's okay. We just learned about how we're supposed to share. So you get the spotlight, and I want you to dance with it. I don't
2: know, let's see.
0: Drop kick like the rain, just let it fly, let it go. Drop
2: kick like the rain. Okay, so this says it's right after the Mudani. So. Okay. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of Hashem, good understanding to all their practitioners. His praise endures forever. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. Oh,
0: Amen. we got that one. That's cool. we okay. You got that one? Keep going. To take
2: the off. Torah that Moses commanded us is the heritage of the congregation of Jacob. Hear, my child, the discipline of your father, and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Do you have that?
1: No. no. <laughs> no. Everything after, after Baruch and Kabbalah. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Y'all Yeah, we don't have that. After
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, the Torah should be my faith, and El Shaddai should assist me. But you who cling to Hashem, your God, you are all alive today. For your salvation do I long, O Adonai. What? So, What's the footnote fear? on that? The footnote. There is none. No, nope, nope <laughs> no footnote. Really? I don't think so. I don't see anything. Oh, wait. Wait. Are you right here?
0: Yeah, the Torah that Moshe commanded us.
2: Our sages, you know, right? yeah, yeah. Our sages teach that the words of this verse are the first words taught to a child who begins to speak. Sukkah forty two a. What?
1: Oh, please repeat it because I was listening. <laughs> <to laughs> listen to the word this, that, that verse.
2: The Torah that Moses commanded us. Our ta- our sages teach Can that. I the... That's
1: why the women have it in their sedor. Cause we're out doing something, and they're with the children.
2: <laughs> are you gonna let me finish? <laughs> that... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's Our sages thing. teach that the words of this verse are the first words taught to a child who begins to speak. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's not yours.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it's not mine. I ain't stealing. Because,
2: because, <laughs>
1: like, It's, it's interesting. Tell that Because it's, it's in Judaism, you think. And it's not that it's not the husband's like, like thing to, to teach Torah to his children, but it literally comes from the woman, like, yeah, like the woman is how the, the child w- will know Torah, which is like you could t- you, the man can teach him all day, but it's ultimately the woman that instills it in them. Like it
2: says in Proverbs, like the woman if she can build her house, or she'll, she she can carry yeah, you know. So like Sleaker. yeah
0: that makes sense
2: wow but there still needs to be the father there to teach as well yeah, so like, yeah cause it's like a working they work together but
0: yeah. yep well it's hard to have a house if you don't have a foundation
2: yeah
0: you know one of the things Mazel and I talk about a lot you know cause she's just like sometimes I feel like you know I should be doing podcasting and I'm like I don't even know anything about podcasting and I'm like no, you don't. You don't need to be podcasting. Like, the only reason I'm able to podcast is because you do what you do. Yeah. You know? And she's like, I guess that's true, you know, because if you didn't eat, you definitely wouldn't have any nourishment to podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> 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 well, yeah, but there's other stuff you do that's like if 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 I tried to do some of the stuff that you do, it'd be bad. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I was just kind of like saying, you know, that there are things that I do because that's what I can do, and and those just so happen to be things that you're not, uh, not that you can't do them, because I'm pretty sure you can. Just like I can do stuff, but on a way lesser level that you can do. But just really looking at the fact that there are areas that Hashem has clearly highlighted for us as a couple, that it's like a met needs to do this, and will just support, and then it's like. Matt you step back on this one And support Mazel Because this is her spot You know and you have to look for that As the mother and the father You know because when you Think about building up the house That's how it is You know and um, One of the other things that she tells me too Is she says that For a woman to have a husband Who is devoted To Torah It makes being an Eshaz kayil That much easier like it's so easy for a woman to truly live up to Mishle 31 if the husband is psalms 1 or psalms 112. Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of something that i feel like i take for granted a lot because it's so it's so second nature to me to just like do as much as i possibly can for Hashem because my whole entire life i feel like i've been fighting to get to where i am now And now that I'm here, I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, this is what I was fighting for, and I get to live it now. You know, like, oh my gosh. You know, so I'm like so just gone in the oh my gosh mode that I'm just like bull throws and through everything. But Mazel over here is like, Matt, you need to just kind of stop for a second and just realize, like, my life is easy because of what you do and because your faith in Hashem. Because. You're a husband who's like we're gonna eat kosher. You're a husband who's like we're gonna keep the Shabbat, you know, and all this, and it's just like maybe
2: that's what it is. Yeah, like they're not, you're not fighting with each other. On
0: and I'm just like, like I'm does. baffled by that. That is outside of the human construct.
1: What well, and they they just came out with like a study that 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 marriages that are for you know. They did, It was basically just a study on like, like, secular marriages versus like people who go to attend a, a religious service or you know regularly throughout the week. Yeah. And that people who had more conservative views and were and were religious, like in general, had a higher like, you know,
0: success rate yeah, success or,
1: rate or, or, or that they were off. Oh, their their both both partners were happy in the marriage than the people who are secular, because... Wow. And that's, I mean, but it's because of what you say. I mean, it's, in, this, in this instance, it's because there's a, a, a like, an order to to it. There's know? a Seder, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's no joke. So, I mean, for for us guys, at least, you know, as we vocalize, multiple occasions today that it's just not fair the women's ador but (laughs) the women's adore wouldn't be what it is if we didn't have our men's ador Mm -hmm. and so to think about a child will benefit simultaneously from the men's and women's ador engaged in their life I think is just absolutely incredible you know to have the the, the mom who is the bina, the understanding, the concretizing and manifesting everything out that we're spiritually bringing down because the Kedusha that's into feeling, the Kedusha that's in ZZ, you know, and all that, working with the words that are being spoken, you know, because remember the word became flesh, you know, and so that's happening in the children, in the home. So the home is a spiritual and physical edifice at the same... Oh, like the temple? So the mother and the father are temple builders. And you think about the temple is only the holy temple because it's filled with the spirit. So the house that the woman can build can only be a true house if she's filling it with the spirit. But the physical structure is found in the man. He's the one who's outright manifesting everything that your prayers are uttering.
2: I want to say, I remember your, your wife, your mom was talking about it, about how, um, like, because women don't usually, I mean, they don't wear ZT's, it's not really. Expensive. Oh, yeah, it's for them, Yep. It's for them, that, is that, do you remember, I don't yep. know where she got that. Where's yeah,
0: that that's something her and I were talking about. We actually didn't source that out. Oh. Uh, it okay. was just.
2: Your commentary?
0: Just our commentary, but we were talking about how uh, women don't wear zeet because they are zeet you know, for the man. Because y'all keep us focused on Hashem because you're the helper against us. So if we're serving Hashem, then things are good. But if we're amiss in some of our observance, then there's going to be some, it's going to be some like uh, friction, friction. <laughs> you know, some holy... Uh, okay. Hey, you might want to Shema Israel for a second Because uh, things aren't good right now You know So yeah, anyway uh, We were talking about that But yeah, the, the woman expresses The physical things that we as men uh, do You have a tag I
1: do <laughs> We'll start with the Midrash first It says earthly angels
0: Oh, come on You read this, already? I haven't read this, but I know another source that was elucidating on this.
1: It says, in the following verse, the psalmist calls upon all his hosts to bless God. Why then does he not call upon all the angels to bless God? The answer is that angels, or literally messengers, can also refer to humans, who are all meant to be God's angels, dispatched Mm -hmm. to this world to do his will. Since not all of the earthly angels are righteous, the psalmist speaks of angels blessing God, not all angels. In the following verse, he refers to the, the heavenly hosts, the heavenly angels, he uses the expression, all his hosts.
0: What are you reading from? The
1: Midrash relates the present verse to certain types of people and to one individual as follows: mighty farmers. What? The verse alludes to those yeah. who faithfully observe the laws of Shemitah. The sabbatical year uh. which requires extraordinary willpower typically one might do the mitzvah of charity for one day or a week or even a month but can one do charity daily for an entire year yet with the mitzvah of Shemitah landowners are Come required on. to treat the produce of their fields as ownerless for an entire year moreover they must continue to pay taxes for their fields Yet they are silent day after day for an entire year and do not not question God's will. Is there anyone more mighty in strength than these? Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) So the only thing I was going to add to that... Well, first, yeah, yeah. what's your source? Uh, (laughs) Get him, Kilo.
1: 2028.
0: (laughs) So... The, the elucidation to that, as if that needs to be, that actually connects back to Shabbat 88, where the children of Israel are at the foot of the mountain and they're in their angelic form because at this point, when they said Nasebe Nishma, they became immortal. So the reason why this is called Parsha Behar is because we're hearkening back to immortality. Because the only way we can get a glimpse of what we lost is through the Shemitah. And so they said when we were saying Na Nishma at the foot of the mountain in our immortal form, we were called Hashem's mighty ones, like his angelic beings. And it, the Na Nishma is called the secret of Hashem. And so Hashem says, Who taught them my secret? And so. My secret is is the way that the angels worship Hashem. That it doesn't matter what Hashem says at any point, there's no question, it's just done. Yeah. It's like from his mouth straight to action. Like just do it. Unfiltered. Yeah.
1: That's what it says before before it goes into all this. It says, obeying God is itself the angel's reward and delight.
0: Yeah. So the way we become angels before Hashem is through that. Like man, the mighty ones, the mighty farmers. Are you so kidding what me? what page in the book is
2: that?
0: 202A. <laughs> is that 202A? Or? 202A. 202A, right? 202A,
1: okay. and it, did, it just said, I'm just reading the rest of the paragraph okay. and it just says what you just said.
0: <laughs> wow. Dude, yeah, I, I like jumped out of my car like while it was driving. Like, that's ridiculous.
1: Shabbat 88A.
0: That's footnote. Man, by the way, if anybody gets to read, read the A and the B of Shabbat 88. Is that the
1: one we're talking about?
0: Isaac? Uh, no, it talks about the whole, the resurrection, those who were dying oh. and being resurrected, gotcha. and the, uh, the fragrant aroma of Hashem's voice, Vinishma, the crowns, the two crowns that we got, and all sorts of stuff. And the podcast I did this past Yom Rishon that was called Shavuot Prep and Bekukotai I went I practically read half of that So I just had to Keep reading but if you get to Please read it it's legit Okay so to finish my Point from earlier about Faith from faith to give us faith Oh and a comment To your drop Over here Uh, Inside the sinkhole uh, I'm looking at the fact that You said that they're paying Property tax on land That they're not Quote unquote benefiting from Yeah,
1: That's ownerless
0: This ownerless land They're paying for it As if it was their land But it's
1: like they're paying For somebody else's
0: land Yeah, right Because it doesn't belong to them But property tax is due So they gotta pay for it so if you could imagine this, you're living in your your place, I live in an apartment, so I'm living in my apartment, and Hashem's like, the work that you do, you're not allowed to do it for a year, but you still have to pay rent. You're like, I don't see how that's gonna work Hashem, but here we go. Um, <laughs> so that's what the farmers that's, did.
1: That's their faith, that's the faith. That's
0: their faith. yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah. Okay. Nah, 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 and after it's all done, so why do
2: we
0: do? And to think, though, because like farmers, you know, to do Nasi you don't question. Like the moment you question, you've not Nasi Just put it that way. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, for this to be the case, these mighty farmers are like. All right, this is the end of the sixth year. It's Rosh Hashanah, dipping my apple in honey, and the farm is closed. <laughs> or open, I guess. But not for me to work it.
1: <laughs> but it's closed, but
0: it's open. here we go. Baruch Hashem.
2: Baruch.
0: <laughs> and that's how they start. And they do that for a whole year. And it's just like, yep. So
2: first they dip their apple in
1: the honey. honey. Yeah
0: what you got
2: No,
0: I'm just. Saying no. oh yeah I'm just making Rosh Hashanah jokes now but. or could you imagine when Yom Kippur happens they're like what if I felt like this the whole year because you don't eat you know but again you violate non-saving each if you ever had that thought but uh, sad jokes shouldn't be making them okay so back to commentary though back to truth from truth Okay, so each jubilee year represents a greater level to which the sparks can ascend. The property in the land of Yisrael can be sold only until the jubilee year. For at that time, new birurim, which is a Hebrew word for clarifications and rectifications, must take effect to elevate the sparks. The Torah states, you will make a redemption for the land. Vayikra 25-24. For you are actually redeeming the sparks of holiness that have been trapped therein. The Kute Holocope, volume 8, page 290. You got
1: something?
0: No? No. Okay. You uh This caught my eye. This is a uh, Twenty-five-four. Back to no. Whoa! I had a double page here.
2: Do they send you these bookmarks?
0: Yes. You can have it. I didn't get a bookmark. You can have it. Are you sure? Yeah. Positive. Um, positive with the positive on top of the positive. He's got tabs. Yeah. These
1: past bookmarks. The well,
0: yes and no, but yes. But.
1: <laughs> he makes something that's not a bookmark a bookmark.
0: Yeah. The man speaks truth. Okay, so, but you can't, seriously, you can have the bookmark. <laughs> okay. Do not cheat. So what verse is this? Twenty-five, fourteen. When you sell something to a fellow Jew or buy something from him, Do not cheat each other. Because I will smite you. Okay, that's not in there. But that will happen. Okay, so... It says... If the wrongful price... Is less than... One-sixth of the value of the object... The sale is considered final. So if it's less than... The value... And you're selling it for that price then the sale is considered uh, final. If the wrongful price is one-sixth of the true value, the overpayment must be returned or the buyer can return the item. Okay? If the buyer is cheated by more than one-sixth of the rightful price, the sale is void and the seller must return the money. So you can underprice... But you can't overprice, so that wouldn't be good. <clears throat> but still, you you don't even want to underprice. If you if you can, you really want to go for true value, basically. So it says the Torah represents the letter Vav. Just want to point out, they said Vav represents man. man. Yeah. So they just said the Torah is a man. And
1: it's also the letter, the the, the ladder. It is a ladder,
0: but it's a ladder. The ladder of Jacob? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. You see, you see,
1: you will see, because that's what that's what You will
0: see angels ascending yeah. and descending on the Son of Man. Because the Son Here's is the, the Torah, fir- Torah fir- the man's Yeshua, yeah. the ladder. Okay. Wow. Can I finish?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, just play it. <laughs> By the way, Keila said that earlier. That was so funny. Did she really? Yeah. So kind like, of finished my point. I was yeah, like, okay. oh yeah, she, can I finish? she learning. Okay, but anyway, can I finish? I met. <laughs> Gotta tell myself sometime. Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> the letter Vav, being the Torah says, which is numerically equivalent to six. Interesting to note when it comes to the oral Torah, there's six no- there's come on, there's six orders of Mishnah. Okay, so is six the representation of the written Torah or the oral Torah? Yes. Yes. Okay. So now, okay, because when you spell the word Vav, the way you spell Vav, you use two Vavs. Yeah. Vav Aleph Vav or Vav Vav is how you spell Vav. Really? Yes.
1: Hmm. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The letter that spells
0: itself. So there's that. Because noon is the same way. Noon, the way you spell noon is noon, vav, noon. So there's two noons in noon. Noon, and vav. Yeah, okay. Yep. Is, All there right.
2: any other, other, is there any other letter like that? No, some if. Mem?
0: Is mem? Mim? Yes, yeah, I mean, mem. Everyone,
2: it's mem, mem is a, or I don't know if it has a vav. So
0: vav, noon, and mem. Vav, noon, mem. 5 is 6 Mim is 40 and then is fifty. 96 Zav Parsha Zav yep. which Zav itself literally means uh, it's the root of mitzvah connect so the letters that are spelled within themselves represent the word mitzvah or connection to Hashem okay I was looking at my screen. That's I was why. gonna say you
2: look like my brother doing algebra. In his head. <laughs> he's
0: like. All right, so back to letting me finish. Says because it has six concepts, the Torah has six concepts. That is in the green book. I posted it on Instagram, and that was the 3 a.m. Get you something for me because. Yeah, uh, for some reason I just woke up in the middle of the night did one you night. Have it? I think I did. You
1: know, what's funny because It's in
0: uh Tehalim 19 area.
1: What, well,
0: 19
1: or 19? 19. Zagan Ra- Rafer was just talking about that.
0: Oh, he was? He was up at 3.
1: 3, because I was up at 4 and 5. Is that
0: it? Should have like a little green chart with six precepts or
1: something. Oh, yeah. He-
0: If you just don't
2: know
0: why you're up Just dobbing Yeah Maybe that's why you're up Mm -hmm. So yeah it's on Instagram But the Torah being six So you got the written Torah is six And then the oral Torah is six Alright so uh, Six concepts Permitted and forbidden Fit and unfit Pure and impure Cheating refers to mixing up the laws of Torah in order to err or purposely transgress. As long as one cheats up to one-sixth of the true value, he does not mix up the Torah beyond the point of no return. He can return the overpayment by repenting and returning to God. But if he falsifies the Torah, he voids the transaction completely. So there's a lot of voiding transaction. May we bring rectification. Amen. Hmm. So I now I just
1: want to say that Siftei HaChamid Ken, says that The the fields or the, the produce, none of the produce becomes temple property. Ooh. That's how it gets sanctified. It says that it during the Shemitah? Yeah, it says it's sanctified. Its sanctity attaches. Its worth as temple property does. Explanation: If one redeemed the fruit of the sabbatical year or jubilee, jubilee with money, the money attaches to its, itself. The sanctity of the fruits. It is like ish temple property that was redeemed for its monetary worth where the money is
0: attached and now becomes temple property so no wonder it's for public consumption cause everything that goes on in the temple is for the greater community of Israel
1: yeah, like, the, the like the atonement
0: go. Huh? I thought it was for no, or the nice no like when the atonements and things happen like the, the morning and evening lamb that's no, atonement okay. for all of Israel
2: so goes
0: to yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we do bring, when cool. we bring our tithe and our terumah. Yeah, that is, that's legit. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, last drop here from Nachman 2542. Mm-hmm. For they are my servants whom I took out from Mitzrayim. They must not be sold in the matter of slaves. Side note, when you look at the word for servant, it's evid, which if you added a hey, evid becomes avoda. So if you take the hey at the end of avoda and put it in front, that would be ha evid, like the servant. So when you look at avoda, what does that really mean? It means to be a servant of Hashem, like the servant of Hashem. Somebody was going to say something? No. Okay, it says, sometimes the Torah refers to the Jewish people as God's servants. Other times they're referred to as God's sons, i.e. my firstborn son, Yisrael, Shemot 4.22. And you are sons to God, your Lord, Devarim 14.1. One level leads to the next. A person cannot truly attain the level of son unless he first passes through the level of servant. First, we must serve God as a servant, would his master, without always knowing why or for what purpose. If he persists, he will eventually experience the true satisfaction of serving God and rejoice in it, as a son who willingly serves his father. Lakute Halakot, Volume 1, page 116a. So, when people talk about being children of God, the only time you can be a children of God is only if you're a slave to God first. Yeah, that's.
1: If, if we can get Man. off on that tangent real quick. Yeah, we, we can, can. Because. When people say, I'm a child of God, don't really understand the euphemism that they're speaking in. To mean that you're a child of God means that you are Israel. That's exactly what that means. It doesn't mean anything else.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll get him after he finishes. Well, did let him in. It is a security breach. We didn't have metal detectors, so. but we'll let you finish.
1: No, I mean that's, that's really all I was going to say. I mean because I mean that is a common like like I feel like that's a that's a common phrase that gets thrown out. It's thrown out a lot, that, a lot. You know, like, oh, we're, you know, we're all children of God. It's like, well, are you because you need to know what that phrase actually means. Cuz if you want to say that, wow. then that means you're part of Israel, and if you're against Israel, then you're really against yourself or your yeah. brothers and so What's the deal there?
0: Good night. I don't know,
1: it's just, it's a a phrase that lacks understanding.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the alarm. I love how it increases volume. Just like, you may not hear me, I'm gonna get louder tag on that real quick? You can tag.
2: We yep. Do two
0: alarms? Two alarms? Okay. Right? You think yes. you're gonna go over two minutes?
2: No, you
0: said you had two alarms. Uh well since I hired no. out the I hope that this goes with what you, was saying. I
2: don't
1: know. Came to
2: my mind. Go for it. Okay. Edit. It says John in John 1. He was in the world. Verse 10. He was in the world and the world was not made through him but the world did not know Came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But whoever did receive him, those trusting in his name, to these he gave the right to become children of God.
0: Mm. Oh, they were born
2: not of a bloodline, nor of human desire, nor of man's will, but of God.
1: Mm.
0: So, Yokonon 1:10. Wow. So, what Yeshua. is that actually saying through mean? Yeshua?
1: Through Yeshua, you can just now become Israel, child of God. Because ultimately, could you? And and ultimately, like even that just taking the, the word, you know, yes, our patriarch is Yaakov, but his name is Israel too, mm-hmm. you know. And it's on Shabbat that we call him Israel, yeah. like in the in the bracha. Like during the week, we say Yaakov. I mean, and, and the patriarch. Obviously blessing stays the same, but in the other ones we say Israel. But it's because Israel is a, is a is a loftier position of Yaakov in in and of itself. So it's it's literally, like literally I think the the Yisar means like like the straight ones, or the straight paths, mm-hmm. the straight ones of God. It's like you're walking on a straight path to Hashem. Yep. Well, yeah, yeah, well, I mean when uh,
2: when he was going to uh, Mitzrayim, only when the Shekinah was with them was he called Israel. Otherwise, it was Jacob.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So, so just that juxtaposition of being like children, children of God means children means means to be Israel, but like means that you're on that straight path to a and there's really only one path, which is the Torah.
0: There's only one path. Mm-hmm. Man, twenty seconds. <laughs> what do we know? What, what do we know? Barukata atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher natan lanu Torah te met, ve'kaye olam nata betokeinu. Baruch atah No Torah. Amen. Amen. Shalom and